Keep your pantyhose on. Woo! Oh. It's the abyss. I just spilled water all over myself. Welcome to the center cut. I'm Michael. I'm Bob. I don't know what that was. You sounded like the personified version of a balloon animal. Got it. We are here to talk about The Abyss. We watched the first 15 minutes and the last 15 minutes. We're going to recap it and talk about the middle. First and foremost, we want to thank Courtney, one of our listeners who on Facebook submitted this movie to us as one that she thought would be great. Yeah, so pretty excited to do that. And you can also send your suggestions. We will do them, literally. So send them anywhere. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, email. We'll talk about it later, but get into it. The Abyss came out in 1989. It was written and directed by the big kahuna, James Cameron. He's a legend. Interestingly enough, it was produced by his wife at the time, Gail Ann Hurd. They divorced before it came out. And he based the character of Bud's wife on her, which makes sense when Bud calls her a bitch. Now, it stars Ed Harris and Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio, among others. Mm. Yeah, I don't know if I pronounced it right. Probably not. It won the Academy Award for Best Visual Effects, and I believe it. Like, if you had shown me some of the scenes, I would not have been surprised if you told me it came out in like the late 90s, early, early 2000s. It's really that good. Yeah, it was pretty incredible. Some of the some of the stuff is like, wow, did they were they actually underwater for this? Like, <laughs> like some of it's some of it's pretty impressive. So they were underwater. They they built like a giant tank type thing. Uh, I forget where it was, but it, it, it most of it or, or all of it was underwater. Not not an ocean. But yeah, I mean, no, the visual effects, you really have to see it to believe it that I, I can't believe it's 80s. It, it's well ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. That, that's the one thing that this movie excels in mm. that and insanity. Got a lot of that, too. We may as well just dive right in. Oh, you're so clever. So we open with the most like intense title screen I've ever seen. The title screen just kind of comes up and some like Jesus Christ superstar level music starts playing in the background. Just real intense. Zooms in far enough for us to be underwater. In a large submarine, we find out later it's a nuclear sub. Uh, We're in the operations compartment. Which I did a little research is the uh, the area that you usually see in movies in a submarine where all of the magic happens. And we are in that compartment and they are picking up on something on the radar that is moving much faster than any submarine can move. They say a few different numbers comes at 60 knots first, then it speeds up to 80 knots and then ultimately 130 knots, which is 149 miles an hour. It's not that fast. I, I would have guessed it was faster. Yeah, but to put that in perspective, the top speed of a U.S. nuclear sub is 19 knots or about 23 miles an hour. That's it? Yeah. So, like, it's someone, it's the speed of someone riding a bicycle? Yeah, or, like, for example, Usain Bolt's top speed is 27.8 miles an hour, so he could outrun a nuclear sub. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, and very intense. We see them uh, kind of scrambling inside the operations compartment trying to figure out what they're going to do. They ultimately decide uh, to 
dive a little deeper and try and miss whatever this thing is that's coming near them. We cut outside and see a bright light and goes zooming by them. And then it looks like their ship kind of gets caught in the wake of whatever it was. When the dust finally settles, they find that they are running headfirst into the sea, a cliff in the sea. They, they ram it and then all hell breaks loose cabin starts filling up with water and they start to dive even deeper last we hear they're at 1700 feet below sea level and ultimately they launch the boy did he say boy or buoy so i'm glad that you had to recap this part because i don't know where i am i don't know what's happening is there more than one sub i I don't i don't know anything i that's this is the one part where the graphics are it's it's not the graphics that are bad it's just it's deep underwater and it's dark and murky and i don't i just don't know i have no idea there's a lot of uh a lot of jargon that i had to try and sift through to figure out what the fuck was going on but they launched the boy which apparently is a buoy that uh transmits their location so that shoots up to the surface they hit another cliff and the sub starts to really fill with water and the last scene we see of that is the sub you know falling into the briny deep like a metal pickle like a big metal pickle (laughs) so next we see helicopters landing on the mythic explorer a large ship at sea by the permission of a young chris elliott yeah, a nice a nice young mayor of Schitt's Creek cameo. Yeah, or a nice young uh whatever that creepy weird character he plays in scary movie is. <laughs> what range Chris Elliott has. The choppers that landed on the ship unload a bunch of military boys and one woman affectionately referred to by Chris Elliott as Queen Bitch of the Universe. I had no idea that Michael Jackson was in this movie. <laughs> was that a were you calling Michael Jackson the queen bitch of the universe? No, she looks like Michael Jackson. Oh, yep. I'll go with it. So MJ arrives on the bridge and the military boys that came on with her um, tell the, the, you know, the head honcho of this whole operation, it seems like, that they're going to need their divers to go further below where they're currently at, about 2,000 feet. The guy says, you know, no problem. Queen bitch Michael Jackson is not a fan. She says, you know, these goons are coming in here and taking over. And she's pretty mad that that's possible. They call down to Bud, who is Ed Harris, and he is down on a submersible drilling platform. They are drilling, but from a submarine deep underwater at, I believe at the at the moment, it was about um, 1,500 feet underwater if i remember correctly they do a zoom conference with the military boys and they basically the the military boy tells them you know this sub went down the uss montana and they need help to rescue or attempt to rescue whoever may have survived of the 156 crew i have a question okay why 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 is there just a rat chilling on that guy's shoulder Yeah, I never understood rats as pets. But even if it's a pet, why are you bringing your pet on a submarine? Yes. So so one is that why would you be able to bring your pet down there? Like, I can't just bring my dog down there. And two, rats and rodents alike tend to, you know, breed illness and things like that. I, I would be surprised that they would allow that to happen. Yeah. Pretty weird. But one dude has a rat on his shoulder. 
and that's his shtick. I'm the guy from the abyss that had a rat on my shoulder. <laughs> I hope he puts that in his demo reel. <laughs> all of his uh, all of his headshots have a rat in his shoulder because it's like <laughs> what he's known for. He's the rat guy. Do have you ever seen Nick Offerman's picture from the? I believe it was either late '80s, early '90s that he used as his headshot. No, it's just him with a gigantic throbbing penis that he's holding. Oh man, <laughs> it's his real headshot. You got to check it out. That's fantastic. I'll try to post a link to the picture in the show notes because it's really that good. <laughs> Ed Harris is kind of the head honcho down on the the uh, submersible rig, and he's not too keen on this whole rescue mission because it's putting a lot of people at risk. They say, you know, one, we're going to pay you three times your normal pay for a dive in which everyone's like, oh, shit, we want that. And also they're sending some Navy SEALs down to, you know, oversee everything and assist in any way they can. It's kind of a bold move, though, to just tell your crew that they suck right in front of them. These people are not capable of doing these things. Speak for yourself, Ed Harris. Yeah, Ed Harris, bud, Virgil. So they ultimately agree they disconnect their drilling vessel from the coupling that it is currently at, and they start on their way towards the wreck. It's going to take about 15 hours, apparently, and the ship, the Mythic Explorer, is going to follow above. The reason that they can't bring in other other things from the military, stuff like that, is because there's a pretty large hurricane coming in. So then we get a, another Zoom conference. This time, Bud talks to Lindsay, who we find out is his ex-wife, but still has the same last name. So I don't know if maybe things aren't quite finalized. She once again expresses her disagreement with the, the plan that they have set in place. Apparently, it was her idea and design for this submersible drilling rig. So she's kind of pissed that this is delaying the whole process because she wants to prove to you know the world that a submersible drilling rig is possible. So then she calls Bud a wiener, and they disconnect the call. Then he calls her a bitch. Now, here's the reason why they're divorced. It's because I believe that a couple, whoever that may be, both parties need to have kind of the same level of profanity. Agreed. I think if that upsets the apple cart, like if if my wife isn't going to make fun of my below average penis... Like, I don't think we would get along if she didn't do that. It's so funny you say that because literally my wife and I got into a little tussle. When I say tussle, like we were just making fun of each other. Mm -hmm. And I opened up the the door to go outside. I forget. I said something. I said, I'm going to slap your ass. And she said, I'm going to punch you in your little dick. Yeah. Like, that's just, you know, (laughs) it is what it is. It's unfortunate that most of our penises are below average, right? But I digress. So the SEAL team and Lindsay take a small little submarine. They take a little mini sub down and they head down to the rig. When they connect and enter the rig, they are in this tiny little room. And apparently they need to hang out in there for fucking eight hours to equalize, which sounds terrible. Yeah, I mean, decompressing is a thing, but I didn't realize it was that long. I mean, it must be based on how deep you're going naturally. Um, and how sure, I'm sure you plan on staying down there, but it's still crazy. Yeah, it's intense. And that's pretty much where it cuts off. So my section starts deep into the movie at two hours and 35 seconds. A man who we later know as Virgil slash Bud, we don't know right away because he's in a suit, is playing with some wires deep underwater. He's got a cool thing on his arm that allows him to send text messages to the other crew 
but he can't spell for shit. Yeah, I'm also confused at why, if they have the ability for them to talk to him, why was this the way that he can communicate back instead of just having a microphone in his suit? I'm sure it has something to do with how deep he is. Like, I don't know. It's beyond me. I I don't understand. I enjoy science, but I don't understand science. Yeah, it's got to be something to do with he can receive transmissions, but can't send them. But that feels odd to me. Yeah. So his first text is cuting which I assume is cutting. And he does a fake out with the wire cutters. I don't know why, but then he chooses the correct wire to snip. He sends a still here text, but still only has one L. The crowd goes wild. Mm -hmm. Here's my question, though. What sort of apparatus would he need to cut one wire, but leave another wire in place, like so deep underwater, like deep under the sea? Yeah, I um. I was kind of confused by that, too, and and it seemed like that was affecting their ability for, like, oxygen, oxygen in the ship, which yeah, seems I, bananas. I, maybe, but, like, what the... F- why is there Why is there a thing like that that's doing that? Maybe it could be, like, a an underwater Russian nuclear bomb or something? Maybe the nuclear whatever on the ship ended up, like, was about to melt down or something like that, and he needed to to disable it before a nuclear blast exploded. No one. Maybe. I just... I'm, I'm, I'm Obviously, it's discussed earlier, but we just... We don't, we don't get to know that part. No idea. So, Bud, having finished cutting, now the crew wants to know how much oxygen he has left, and it's only five minutes worth. Uh, he texts that, but without the E in minute. The problem is he would need roughly 30 minutes to survive. Mm -hmm. He texts that he's going to stay a while and Michael Jackson, his wife, pleads for him to drop weight and try to make it back. Maybe the gauge is wrong. Mm -hmm. That's their suggestion. Mm. I, I appreciate the optimism. Yeah. He texts back, don't cry, baby. And then knew this was one way ticket, but you know, I had to come and it took him five minutes to type that and he died. Yeah, that should have been the end of the movie right there. <laughs> no, he's still alive. Um, so we get another Zoom the hell in text. Love you, wife. That which seems odd. Is exactly what a host would say. Yeah, Sorry, wrong I was, show. I was so confused and also confused by the movie and confused by that joke. Yeah, I, I mean, they have their things. You know, there's one of the crew members when he calls her a bitch earlier in the first part says, oh, why don't you just get a divorce then or something to that effect? So mm-hmm. you know, obviously they have a weird relationship, but it's I don't know. Why not just say, love you, Lindsay? Yeah. Or sweetie or anything. But well, just, I like, guess wife my, is yeah, a shorter when, word. Yeah. When my wife comes home, I don't say like, hello, wife. Well, you're also not underwater. I don't know. That's true. Maybe he was just lack of oxygen, not thinking straight. Maybe that's why he couldn't spell. <laughs> anyway, it seems as if some time has passed and Ed Harris is just lying there on some rocks in his giant spacesuit. We start to see the glint of some flashing lights in the reflection of his visor. Now, the choral voices near the end of ELO's Mr. Blue Sky serenade us. And it's pretty much for most of the rest of the movie. Uh, beautiful let's talk about this alien sea creature thing so it's an alien because of its head we don't now mm, i mean okay i'll call it alien because it's something that we don't know what it is which is the definition of an alien fuck you i just so i'm not gonna be able to do this justice in words like you just need to see this for yourselves but basically it's like a giant translucent like 
stingray slash bottom of a horseshoe crab looking thing. It does have like a prototypical alien head, like the bug-eyed alien face. And it proceeds to give Ed Harris the shocker fingers. Mm -hmm. You know who I hate besides everyone? People over the age of 16 who put shocker stickers on their Hondas. Like, grow up. Shockers are only cool or funny if you're a preteen or live in a broken home and like Papa Roach. Mm -hmm. Bud and this alien thing hold hands and swim down through the canyon up to the largest spaceship I have ever seen. Like, bigger than Independence Day. So the way that they swim reminds me of the way that like Peter Pan flies through the air with Tinkerbell. <laughs> so they swim down through this portal into the ship slash bigger creature. And the portal looks like a ramp from that old space cadet pinball game that came with windows in the two thousands. <laughs> yeah, it was real intense. And if you pay attention to the twists and turns, it shouldn't make any sense where they're going. <laughs> like no. they should have just ended up like pretty much where they started. <laughs> yeah. Now Ed Harris falls like a sack of shit and then the water parts around him and the head part of his suit is full of water which I I don't really understand that part. I noticed that earlier as well when he was underwater cutting the wire. There were like bubbles coming out of his nose. I was like, "Well, why would water be in there?" And then they refer to it as oxygen fluid. So I think he's not breathing air oxygen. I think he's breathing water oxygen. Okay, that makes sense based on one of our questions later on. So I guess we'll we'll dive more into that when we get to the questions then. Yeah, very odd though. So next we get a 45 second montage of Ed Harris throwing up water. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like it's literally that long. Now this makes me not want to experience this. If I have to do this in the that I digress. Let's talk about this later. Yeah. He says howdy to the four to five of these wet alien things. And the aliens make the water behind him like a screen of sorts. And they play back his text from earlier about him knowing that it was a one way ticket and also love you wife. What is the purpose of that? Yeah, I don't know either. Oh, so what I thought would have been cooler is if they were writing text as if it was typed using the letters that he typed, but actually saying useful things instead of just so, copying what he said. So like an anagram of what he said? Yeah, like if they used those letters to communicate to him in his language, but not saying the same things. Mm, but like, what would they say? You're welcome, douche. <laughs> you wiener. But it, so is the point of is the point of showing him those texts like being like, hey, we're cool. Yeah. I, I, I just don't understand what the point of that is. Yeah. We're watching you. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. So the aliens glow and Ed Harris salutes them. And then we're back with Chris Elliott and the crew above water. They talk with Bud's crew, but then Bud texts the crew that he's alive after all. He has new friends, and to keep your panties hose on, you're going to love this. The giant alien ship starts to rise up as the triumphant music soars. The ship just continues to rise out of the water now, and the crew on the Explorer gawks in awe as it literally rises up all the ships too, like a big circular buoy. And now mm. Bud's crew is there too, and they're fine even though they didn't decompress, so 
the aliens apparently must have done something to them, which I don't know what or how they could have done something. They didn't really come. They didn't seem to come into contact. So I, I don't understand magic, but the rat man, Zach Galifianakis and a black cowboy cheer as Bud exit the ship out of one of those tunnels that football players run out of before games. Mm -hmm. And he and his wife kiss in a puddle. The end. What in the hell happened in the middle of this thing? Holy shit. Yeah, I so I think we started watching one movie and finished a different one. Two completely <laughs> different movies. They have the same actors, but wow, I would not have guessed the second part based on the first part. Yeah, it went off the rails. Yeah, I just so I knew going in that obviously being called the abyss, it, there's going to be some weird shit happening down underwater, but mm -hmm. I just didn't know that it was going to be friendly alien sea creatures that held Ed Harris's hand. <laughs> I just, yeah, I, yeah, didn't see that coming. Not even for a second. Okay. So we know obviously a lot happened in the middle because there's mm. essentially an hour and 45 minutes of film. I feel like the best way to get into that is just to dive into the questions. So this first set of questions is from my wife. She felt left out when Ashley took the reins last episode for White Line. So now mm -hmm. Emily took the reins and I am happy. Not to be outdone. Question one. And also, she didn't say I could use another person's name. She said, you make sure everyone knows my name, <laughs> that this came from Emily. So these are from Emily. Question one. Who dies and comes back to life in the middle of the movie? How do they die and why? Okay, so... She's not talking about Bud, right? No, I clarified this when I saw that because uh, she knew um, what sections we had watched. Um, and I said, like, you don't mean him dying kind of at the end with no oxygen and, and then the aliens help. And she's like, no, someone like physically dies and then comes back to life. All right. I'm going to go with that rat. Like, what are <laughs> what other purpose could it serve? That guy's an asshole for bringing his beloved pet on a risky death mission. Like, what a jerk. He knew that it was something that he was risking his life. He's like, yeah, you know what? I'll bring my pet. Dirt bag. Mm. Rat dies. Comes what back if to the life. rat killed someone? <laughs> and that person came back to life? And that person then came back to life. Potentially. No, I mean, I, I think it's... I'm going to guess it's someone that we didn't see. You think so? Well, it's either that well, that's what or... We've seen. Like someone else is going to randomly appear on this, this submersible thing. Yeah, fair point. <laughs> um, so it's so then it's one of Bud's crew. I would guess. Here's here's my guess. You ready, Ed Harris? But I think this dude just dies a hundred times in this movie. He just <laughs> dies and comes back to life and dies, and they just can't. These aliens can't kill this motherfucker. Okay, so were the aliens? Was this the first we saw the aliens at the end, or did they play a part in the middle of the movie too? I think they are what that ship was that was moving so fast that destroyed the submarine. Oh, okay. But it was so big, though. Yeah, that's what she said. Maybe. Yeah, so right. I'm, I'm pretty confident that, that that is the case, that that is what accidentally sunk the sub. All right, next question. Ed Harris's hand is blue. Why is it blue? <laughs> yeah, I clarified. <laughs> I clarified this one as well. And she said his hand is just blue. <laughs> All right. What? Like, is yeah. this just an Eiffel 65 joke she threw in here? No. No. The, no. His hand is blue and it plays some kind of part in this movie. 
I don't understand. So is it like from a lack of oxygen? Yeah, so that that's possible. What I was thinking is maybe his wife did some weird testing on him, and that's the reason that they were apart. Maybe. So was his hand always blue, and we just didn't see it in the beginning part? Or were they like... Yeah, maybe apparently. Oh, okay. I, I thought it was so. like some, somehow in the middle of the movie, like maybe there was some alien interference. <sighs> no, I think I think based on the way my wife asked the question and the, and the, the ensuing questions that I had about it after, it makes me feel like it was... In fact, blew the entire time. Wow. I I don't know. So I guess, you know, James Cameron, he does like those blue people. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's how they tested that new oxygen fluid. They dipped his hand in it? Maybe. Okay. It turned him blue? I don't know. Grasping his <laughs> straws here, the dude's hand was blue and there's weird jellyfish stingray aliens. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Fair point. <laughs> Don't 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 patronize me like I'm a crazy person. <laughs> Next question, because that one's just got us both stumped. What saves Ed Harris's life in the middle of the movie? Is this not about the aliens then? This is about the other time he died, so apparently it was him. <laughs> maybe well, it also says what saves his life. So maybe this was a time where he was gonna die and didn't die because something saved his life. Then he died again later and came back and then died and then came back. All right. You know, so you know maybe that, it's... that old chestnut. Yeah, maybe it's about his blue hand, the cerulean digits, or maybe he fell into a crevasse and he had to be pulled out like those aliens in the claw machine in Toy Story. I think I know what saved his life. The hammer. The hammer? We didn't talk about the hammer in the recap. Who but the hell's this the hammer? Is, this is what his jolly, chunky friend refers to his hand as, as the hammer. His blue very, hand? No, no, not Ed Harris's hand. The the little hairy friend that he has. Zach Galifianakis. Yeah, 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 yeah. He um in the beginning, uh, the kid was making fun of him, and he said, you know, I could I could take most of these seals, and and he says, you know, they used to refer to this, and he makes a fist with his hand. He goes, the hammer. <laughs> okay. I think the so. Hammer the hammer is gets what saved? saved Ed Harris's oh, life. Yeah. Okay. Like. Was he getting attacked by a shark or something? And he just punched the shark in the nose? What, uh, how? I think so. I think this flows into the next question, which was who is the bad guy and why is he bad? The Russians. Many Russians. See, it was the why 80s. we both went Russians. So I believe that the mustachioed Navy SEAL, who seemed to be kind of the leader of the pack, was the bad boy, was undercover Russian operative who was coming to recover the nuclear whatever the fuck from the submarine and the hammer is what subdued the mustachio to navy sail maybe so here's here's what i thought i know you mentioned that you thought the ship is what flew by at the beginning of the movie mm-hmm. so i thought it was russians like trying to blow up the sub again it's the 1980s there was a lot of that yeah, but, so you could kind of make that argument. I think the reason they said the knots so many times is because that amount of knots is absolutely absurd for a submersible anything. The The world record for the fastest submarine is 44 knots. And this thing started at 60 and went all the way up to 130. Gotcha. So I don't I that's what made me think that it was something supernatural. Okay, maybe. But this 
This question is the toughest one. Uh, well, maybe next to the blue hand one, but <laughs> like, I feel like we know so few real characters and the ones that we do know are just caricatures. Like we know the rat guy, Ed Harris, the beardy man, Michael Jackson, Chris Elliott, the sea creatures, and then just like a bunch of old white guys on phones. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And none of them seem bad except for the old white guys on phones. And those were Emily's questions. Those were Emily's questions. Did we figure out what happened in the middle of this movie? Absolutely not. Nope. <laughs> it's just, uh, I, I, I don't know. There, everything was underwater. So, like, <laughs> ultimately, who gives a shit? <laughs> yeah, that's something that's interesting is, like, if this sub, if let's say that he was having to cut the that wire to stop a nuclear explosion, but they are in the middle of the ocean about 2000 feet down why don't they just like move away from it and let it do what it needs to do <laughs> yeah you know? well i mean yeah a it's going to kill a bunch of fish b it may have longer lasting effects like if it uh, you know especially nuclear you know it could infect other animals that then get eaten etc but more more so you know it could it could fucking blow up a fault line or it could you know, ripple effect and there's a new volcano that forms in this island. I, I just don't, I don't understand the full science behind it. So it's probably a bad idea. It's going to like kick off like the, the movie San Andreas. Correct. Gotcha. Or the day after tomorrow or any of those post-apocalyptic, the, the earth is mad at us movies. Yep. That's a good thought. I'm surprised that you concerned about fish. <laughs> And that's surprising to me. <laughs> well, I'm not concerned about the fish as much as I am about the people eating the fish. Makes sense. Don't eat another Corona on our hands. Nope. There's a lot going on. I think there was someone bad who tried to set off the, the nuclear explosion or was, was doing something. And Ed Harris had to dive down there to stop whatever it was from happening. Yeah. And then they just happened upon these creatures and the creatures are like, nah. We're chill, homie. Yeah, which is also funny because I bet the creatures like had things under control. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we have some more questions mm, from Courtney from the suggester herself. So her first question, if you had a pet alien slash water monster, what would you do with it? Also, what would you name it? First of all, I'd find Atlantis deep underwater to me is just like space. Like, I feel like we know so little and it's so vast. There's probably all kinds of shit at the bottom that could teach us like why we're on this stupid moist rock. Roughly 80% of the ocean is unexplored and unmapped. Like that's crazy to me. Is that not crazy to you? Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. It It's a little odd when you think about the fact that like millions of people are on this stupid thing and we still don't know what, what the fuck we're doing here and where, where we came from and, and all that shit is just bananas. I get a little claustrophobic, I guess. I don't know if I would enjoy being underwater for extended periods of time. Yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of scared of water. I just, because you, there's so, there's so little, you know, about it and it can kill you. Like, mm -hmm. but I, I also have a lot of fun in water. So what? <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> no, it's way too inappropriate and ridiculous. Never mind. Oh, man. Sounded uh, good, and I was going to be able to make fun of you at the end. All right, fine. Let's hear it. Okay. So, mind you, I was like five or six, so it isn't that weird. 
<laughs> what a good intro. I'm so excited. When it was bath time, uh, I would lay back and try to float, like submerging all of my body, but my pelvic area. And I'd pretend that my pubic mound, sans pubes, was like a little deserted island with one lone palm tree, like a small floppy palm tree with very poor sun coverage. And I would just I would just lay there and have fun on my, my little penis island. <laughs> I don't know what this has to do with a water monster, but oh yeah, I have fun in water. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. So this informs a lot of how you don't like your nether region to be moist in any way, um, which is a conversation that we had from last episode. So you didn't do that. I was the only one. I can't say that I purposely tried to make my penis a palm tree and my balls a little deserted island. No, I did not. Uh, well, I bet I don't you know if you're the only there. one, but of the nah, show, you're nah. you're zero for one. Nah, I bet you there's nah. people. Yeah, I'm sure there are. You're right. I'm sure there are, and they probably all don't like having a moist butthole. Truth. So <laughs> I really do know what I'd name it, though. There's only one one answer. It's final answer. Like, how am I going to say any any other name underwater? First of all, it might be able to read your thoughts. You don't even know this. And if it can, then, like, you can just call whatever you want. You don't need to speak it. That's no fun. Also, here's what I would do. Obviously, I would just ride it on top of the ocean like a majestic seahorse all the time, every time. And its (laughs) name would be Patrick. Here's why. When we recorded our St. Patrick's Day episode, Leprechaun 4 in space, go check it out. I was mean to Patrick's, and I apologize for that. In repents. I will name my alien sea creature Patrick for all the Patricks in the world and also after Patrick Starr from SpongeBob SquarePants. Fuck out of here with your wrong answer. It's it's Gurgle Monster all the way. It's Gurgle Monster. <laughs> Question two. If you could try breathing amniotic-like fluid to allow you to be underwater versus scuba dive with oxygen like normal, would you? Now, I have a lot to say about this one, but I have a different question that I'd like to pose to you first. You are about to have a sexy little baby boy. When your son is birthed, do you think you could just shove your head up, you know, your wife's area and try this for us? I mean, oof, that's tough. Mm. I probably will not be allowed to. Also, when the water breaks, isn't that the amniotic fluid and like it's not going to be there anymore? I don't know how things work. (laughs) You did not read the books. You have a very short amount of time to do this. You need to get on top of things. You didn't go to any of the classes. You didn't read any of the books. Oh, I did get on top of things. That's why we're in this problem. No, that makes sense. (laughs) So I wouldn't see the benefit in being able to breathe amniotic fluid instead of oxygen. Firstly, oxygen can be compressed into a tighter area as a gas rather than a fluid, right? So if you're going to breathe oxygen-rich fluid comparative to oxygen-rich air, I would assume that a scuba tank could transport more of this air than it could fluid. My other thought process would be, if I have the option of continuing to breathe air, why would I instead want to fill my lungs with water And then apparently throw it all up at the end to start breathing air again. It's a great question. So I've thought about replacing my blood with peanut butter. So I'd be open to it. But I I just think it'd be weird. Like, I'm sure it could work, but I, I can't wrap my brain around not breathing or like having my lungs filled with liquid. Like, yeah. 
I could just feel like even if it could work anatomically and scientifically, like my brain while doing it would be thrown into a panic and I'd just end up like choking on my own tongue or I'd give myself a hernia and I'd spontaneously combust. It'd be cool though. Yeah. Spontaneously combusting with a hernia. <sighs> I'd rather just do it the real way. I just do I just breathe. Yeah. If there was like it was some life or death situation and I have to either do it with amniotic like fluid or I die then naturally I would do it. But if I had the choice of breathing air or breathing that, I would choose the air. Well, I guess, so the thing is, you're not really breathing it, though. You're just like, right? Like, aren't you just passing in and out through your lungs? I, I guess. I guess so I is it essentially you're kind of just like drinking it and it's absorbing the oxygen from it? Yeah, that's that's how I take it anyway. That doesn't make sense, though, because wouldn't H2O, I mean, oxygen is in water. Why wouldn't you just be able to breathe that? Because there's that's, the I H2. mean, this is why... <laughs> Because of the H2, I got it. Yeah. Yeah, that oxygen can be in a fluid, but we're getting far too deep into the science. I, that's funny because I, I did look into it. I was because I was curious how there's always these issues with like, hey, we're going to run out of water. Oh, shit. And I thought like, why couldn't we just take oxygen and combine it with two parts hydrogen and just create water? Yeah, just like making like a like a oxygen gin and tonic. Yeah, but so it is like there's kind of a lot of hoopla around it and they are scientists are trying to work on that, but it'd just be like extremely dangerous because the way that you have to combine them, it could essentially start a gigantic earth-sized fire. <laughs> so, it's probably something we'll only try if we're in like a dire need, but it's possible. Hmm. It's interesting to think about. Yeah, thanks for that. You're welcome. <laughs> anyway, I feel like that sums up Courtney's questions. Yeah. Thanks, Courtney. Do you think they actually get to the sub? What sub? The submarine. Oh, the first sub. Yeah. Yes, I do think so. Yeah. Because they had fucking an hour and 45 minutes to do so. And if they That's didn't, true. Then they're <laughs> then really... What the fuck else did they do? <laughs> I, don't think the, I don't think the crew would be so happy. They'd be like, what the fuck? We're, we're not making our money now because these people died. That was contingent, yeah. right? Like they had to save them or they get no paycheck. Yeah, that's also kind of confusing as like where if they did save anybody off of the submarine, where are they? Mm. And why didn't the alien ship save that sub? Saved everybody else. Uh Yeah, just saved Ed Harris because he sent like, love you, wife. That's the one language every species can understand. Love. What a nerd. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe they did get to the sub. They saved the sub and were bringing it back up. And then something happened with theirs, like a cable snapped or et cetera, and then they fell down deep underwater, and that's what they were trying to do to get back up. Maybe. I don't know. It did say they were, like, running out of oxygen, so I wonder if, like, whatever whatever was running their oxygen was no longer working because the bad mustachioed man did something. Yeah, because it seemed like when the alien creature ship thing brought up the crew's drilling thingamajig at the end. Like, it seemed like he was saving, the alien ship was saving that, too. Like, it didn't have a way to get up on its own. Maybe I'm just guessing yeah, incorrectly. Yeah, I, I agree with you, because they also, they called down to them and said, what's your plan for getting us out of here? I don't think they had a, a plan for getting those people out of there. I don't think it could, there was something wrong with it to the point where they could not bring it to the surface. Yeah. Here's another question. Is it a a ship or is it just a larger creature that those smaller stingray things are part of? I think it's a ship. Yeah, it looks like a ship, but I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if it was a creature because what like unless unless they literally are aliens, 
Why would there be a ship underwater like that? Yeah, agreed. My thought was if they weren't aliens, they could just be an advanced species that was able to create something like that without our knowledge, which could still be possible. Well, um, where, where did they get the materials to build the ship if they were, were stuck underwater? Underwater. It's just made out of coral. Get out of here. Maybe. Okay. Anyway, there, we there are, are species that live completely underwater without any need to come above water. You know that, right? Yeah, but they don't build fucking giant ships. They just they just chill as a shark. Like they eat fucking plankton. I, they're not. I don't know. They don't fuel <laughs> up their ship. How do we make things without harvesting things from the ocean? What do you need to harvest out of the ocean to build a skyscraper? I mean, you don't know what this ship is made out of. It could be some some crazy like element that we don't even know exists. Okay. Open your mind, Michael. See, that's why I'm so mystified by the deep. At any rate, this is a movie that I would recommend people to check out. I don't know that I'm going to watch the middle, but at least, <laughs> at least watch the end to to understand how wild of a ride it is. I could watch the entire first 15 minutes of this movie and then all of Magic Mike in between and then watch the last 15 minutes of the movie. You could, but the special effects are worth it. Pretty intense. But that was The Abyss. What a crazy ride. Now, I wanted to give a couple shout outs here. So a couple friend podcasts, Three Little Pigs and Rock and Roll Up. So the guys from those pods, very supportive. You should check out their respective shows. Three Little Pigs is from Australia and Rock and Roll Up is from the UK. We're international, bitches. Mm -hmm. Check those guys out. Yeah, go check it out. Now, another note on my side. So my wife should be going into labor any day now, like maybe even before this episode airs. We're still going to do our damnedest to keep to our biweekly Thursday schedules. So have no fear there. But just want to let you know that there's a small percentage of a chance that things could be a day or two off. Again, we'll try our hardest, but just keep that in mind. We also might try and stick to our actual bi-weekly on Wednesday schedule. Oh, right. That is the day they come out. Mm -hmm. I'm so bad. And we are cooking up a collaboration with another podcast, Courtney and Joe Spoil Everything. It's a similar concept to our show where they watch the first episode and the last episode of the whole series, and they kind of make some guesses about what could have happened in between. First of all, we came out first, but mm -hmm. obviously they're smart if they thought of that idea. So check them out. I've been listening. Got some great episodes there and keep your eyes in ears and your mouth open so we can toss some of that info into there like cheese balls. <laughs> yep. And that's how we do it. That's how we spread the, the good word. On that note, what are we doing next episode? We are going to do Firefly. So any questions that you have, if you're, you're a fan, has some questions you want to throw our way, hit us up in, in all the ways. Firefly is going to be good. The centercutcast at gmail.com. But also you can hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, wherever you want to do it. We are shooting to do Firefly with Courtney and Joe as well. So once our episode comes out, then eventually we'll probably do something on their feed where we now we're going to be experts on Firefly and we'll we'll kind of intermingle some shit. But be on the lookout. We'll give more info when it is available. Lots of great things coming. Everyone buckle up. Buckle the hell up. And keep your pantyhose on. Like the amniotic-like fluid in between your lungs. It's always better in the center. 